Welcome, sports fans, to another show of Sports Inside and Out, Legends of Sports. Today, we got the NFL update, and what an update we got for you today. This is this. What a wonderful weekend of sports and football. And joining us today is the man, the myth, the legend, two-time runner-up uh, for the Heisman Trophy, Leroy Mercy Keys. Welcome to the show, Mercy. Thank you so much, Mr. Baker. I appreciate it, and I uh, look forward to chatting with you and uh, hoping that our audience out there in the uh, football land will appreciate what we have to say. Well, I mean, you know, we was talking off air. It's uh, what a game. You know, I, I really I really have to put I have to take my hats off to the Green Bay Packers and the Dallas Cowboys. And as, as we were saying, Stevie, the Cowboys should not be hello? any. Um, hello? Hello. Okay, you can't hear me? I thought I thought I lost you for a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. Uh, yeah, going back. So now, three, two, and one. The Cowboys really played really well. So they really have no reason to hold their heads down. But let's let's I'm gonna throw it to you, uh, Mercy. What is your take on the whole that whole game and how great of a game it was? Well, I was I was as a former NFL player. Playing against the Cowboys back in the day, the Bob Hayes and Roger Starbuck and that group, um, I thought the Cowboys came out. I mean, I looked at the bye week they got. I don't know if that hurt them or not, but by winning their their, their, their division and they got back to sit back and wait. And but during this time, I think Aaron Rodgers and and the Green Paint. Packers, knowing they had lost Jordy Nelson, their primary deep threat and most prolific receiver, but I think it gave them an opportunity to see uh, the growth in the young kid, Allison, number uh, 81, who was not even on the roster early in the year. They got to see the young man, uh, Jerry uh, Cook, just, he just showed out and showed up. And that catch that he made on the field goal drive was sensational to keep your feet in get down and see him make the catch was uh, one hell of a play. And Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. He's still in his offensive line. I give credit again to those big guys up front. They were able to kind of manipulate and move the Cowboys in the direction they wanted so that they were never in his throwing lane, even when he was throwing off his wrong foot. Right. You always say, don't throw across your body, but the throw that he made going across the field, rolling out, out of danger, uh, basically, and he kept plays going, and his receivers came back for the ball. And I, I just think Green Bay did all the, the, the little things well. Uh, Dallas, on the other hand, I think uh, they, I think they waited to, to to wake up a little too late in the game. Uh, one scene, or one shot on the sideline showed Dez Bryant and. And the entire offensive line sitting there and looked like the game was already over. Yeah. I saw no fire, no sparks coming from the sideline. Uh, and, and when you, when you see a team down that early in the game, you wonder what's going on. And I didn't see Jason Garrett turn around. I didn't see any of the coaches turn around. It was like, well, maybe we'll turn it on when we're ready in the fourth quarter. And that's what I thought I saw. I saw. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott run harder in the fourth quarter. Not saying that he wasn't running harder early in the game, but I think I saw him run harder. But by then, I think Green Bay is saying, wait a minute, we, we, if we get this thing in overtime and we still got some time on the clock, we can win this thing. And what they did, I mean, that drive to get it in. Because when you say third and 20, I'm saying you're improving defense. You're not going to give up the sideline. Right. And to see this ball settle in 
I was like, I was in shock. And so when Crosby came on, and this man is as consistent as the rain, I think he's probably one of the top kickers in the NFL. And I said to myself, well, it's do or die. And every player sitting on the sideline watching when that ball started hooking a little left, then it kind of straightened out and said, that's it. Goodbye, Cowboys season over. Uh, but it, all in all, I thought it was a great day for football because both teams showed up, showed out. They performed. And anybody who walked away from that game feeling like they were shortchanged, they don't understand the, the, the game of football. It was an excellent effort by both teams, but the Green Bay Packers came up on the right side with the win. Yeah, it, it was an excellent game. You know, one so thing- I, I just, I just truly, uh, <laughs> I just take my head off to Aaron Rodgers, uh, to Coach McCarthy, uh, but I give a, a, a big kudo to Jerry Cook who made a sensational catch. And sometimes the guys who catch the ball don't get their kudos the way the quarterbacks do, but them receivers had to find a way to get in those seam, settle in, settle down, and, and make the catch. And he did everything he had to. And uh, plus he was making the catches during the course of the game that were outstanding also. So my hat's off to the uh, Green Bay Packers. And uh, now we'll see what what happens when they go down and face the uh, Atlanta Falcons down in uh, ATL. Yeah. But yeah, uh, um, Leroy, I, I feel the same way about the uh, about the Falcons and the Green Bay Packers, and that game is going to be a great game because the Falcons, once again, like I, we talked about it before, flying under the radar, you know, pun intended, <laughs> with the Falcon name, and <laughs> it's it's weird because they put them on the Saturday game. If you was really into football, you watched it. But if you watched that game, you watched a really good football team. That can, that can make some real ways. And also, can you believe this? They might get into the Super Bowl without anybody really checking for them. And that's a real uh, a testament to the way the NFL is played now that you could get this far under the radar. Well, you know, Dan Quinn, had, uh, <laughs> you, you, you look at Matt Ryan and you say, is he the real deal? Well, his name has been mentioned as a potential MVP for this year in the NFL, along with Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and the other quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, most of the guys who are going to be playing this coming Sunday. And yet, you look at Julio Jones, who is a large target, big, fast, explosive. Then they have Freeman and the other running back. I mean, they just kind of, they just weigh you down. I mean, they come in. They play the game, they get the job done, and then they say, okay, bring on the next team. That is what you like to see at this time of the year. As you stated, flying under the radar, everybody's saying, who are the Atlanta Falcons? They can't beat anybody. But I tell you what, you ask Russell Wilson, who are the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, they had <laughs> Russell Wilson running like he was an escaped convict. Yeah. I mean, he was running for his life. And so when you get one of the premier quarterbacks in the NFL, you know, Russell Wilson, who is very mobile, and you got him throwing off the wrong foot, throwing it out of bounds. Uh, they took the Seattle Seahawks out of their game. So I, I think the same thing we're going to see. Unsung defensive line, putting pressure on Aaron Rodgers, kind of tightening up their defense. Because now Cook is not an unknown uh, commodity anymore. Right. We know who he is now. We know who Allison is now. We know who Randall Cobb is. So the bottom line is, if Green Bay cannot show up with a 
a running attack that will keep these guys home and not let them dig in and, and bring heat on Aaron Rodgers on every third down play, it's going to be a long day for Green Bay. Yeah. But the bottom line is both of these teams have shown that they have the the, the, the mentality. They have the, the urgency, the understanding of what is about to happen in the next two and a half, three weeks. Whoever wins this game represents their conference in the Super Bowl, the 51st Super Bowl. So the bottom line is I think they're all going to come out gung-ho. And I, as I always say, I would love just to see a good game. I don't want to see a game where the score is 45 to 6 at right. halftime. Right. Make it where everybody's still sitting at the TV saying, wow, man, I'm glad I'm here watching this game because this game is worth watching. And I think Pittsburgh and New England are going to do the same thing up there in at Gillette Stadium. And I know they're at the Atlanta Stadium. Green Bay and uh, the Atlanta Falcons are going to get after each other. And I just think the four teams that made it to the Final Four are all deserving. I, I don't see a weak link in there. I see these two having their star quality quarterback, their star wide receivers, very tough defenses, and good coaches. Yeah. You know, one thing I will say, everybody's, you know, all week has been talking about how great of a quarterback Aaron Rodgers is and whether or not he was um, – the greatest quarterback ever. Now some people are calling him the top three, like uh, Coach Garrett from Dallas, the top three players to ever play the sport of football. You know, of course, he's going to say that after he just beat, uh, after he just got beat by him. But the one thing that, that I find is funny, if you look at the, the situation here, they're going to have to win every game on the road to get in the Super Bowl. And if they win the Super Bowl, it's either going to be against Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady. Now, if right. he wins the Super Bowl, if he wins, Leroy, where do you rank Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback in the history of the NFL? I, I, I Aaron Rodgers has been very, very using the term fortunate that he plays for a, a, a good franchise that has a history. I mean, the Green Bay Packers just didn't show up on this on on this on the scene. Right. Uh, they're not like some team still trying to find a way to get to a Super Bowl. I mean, Vince Lombardi did a fantastic job of bringing football to Green Bay. And when you go back to Bart Starr, or you go back to a whole lot of guys who have played the game. But you, you, when you start saying great quarterbacks, I'm always amazed how someone becomes great. And yet, you look at Peyton Manning. You look at Philip Rivers, and you don't even go back to the Roger Staubach, the Doug Williams, uh, the quarterbacks back in the day, the Y.A. Tittles, the, the Senator Jerryson, and the old guys. Right. All of a sudden now, all, all the great quarterbacks are the quarterbacks who are throwing the ball 50 to 60 times a game. And, and, and yet you're looking at what I call yard after catch. I mean, you look at the speed that's in the NFL today. When you talk about Antonio Brown, his longest catch was 51 yards uh, this past week. But the bottom line is all the receivers can go deep. Uh, the defenses look like sometimes the secondary don't want to tackle some of these defenses. <laughs> I mean, the wide receivers. Right. I mean, I've never seen defensive backs look like they are halfway scared to death. And then again, you stick a lot of penalties in here now that you didn't have 30, 40 years ago right. or 20 years ago. Uh, back in the day, you could go headhunting all day long. Now, all of a sudden, the wide receivers are defenseless, so 
defensive backs are shying away from hitting because they're scared if I hit his helmet, um, as a as a penalty, I may get kicked out of the game. I'm targeting it. Uh, the game <clears throat> the game has truly changed. But Aaron Rodgers, I would say five years ago or ten years ago, Brett Favre was the greatest thing that ever came out of Green Bay. And now all of a sudden, Aaron Rodgers is better than Brett Favre. It's a it's a strange phenomenon how we anoint quarterbacks as the greatest we've ever seen when the quarterback he just took over for was the greatest quarterback we'd ever seen. Yeah. So it goes to show you how Terry Bradshaw used to be the greatest quarterback we have ever seen. Uh, then you then you say well like I say you say Peyton Manning they have already decided how great uh, Andrew Luck is how great Drew Brees is. I mean, the guys are throwing the ball so often, but yet they're getting big tight ends who are getting open. Yeah. They are throwing for big yardage. And it's so easy to say this, but uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers would probably be in my top 25, but he would definitely not be in my top three. Wow, top 25. You hear to hear people. Well, legends speak, people listen. So we just had a legend, Leroy Keyes, say <laughs> that Aaron Rodgers and all the football that Leroy Keyes has seen and throughout his life, Aaron Rodgers in the top 25, definitely not in the top three. Now, I can say, Leroy, for myself, you know, when I was coming up, you know, when I started watching football for real, when I was young, it was the 85 Bears was the team that you, you know, that you was rooting for. You know, of course, 85 right. Bears, you know, with uh, Jim McMahon, he wasn't a great quarterback. Jim McMahon. Yeah, he wasn't a great quarterback, but he got the job done. I remember the, the days of Dan Marino you know, throwing the ball around, you know, but never getting into – he got a Super Bowl his, his, um, his rookie year. But right. they really could never get anywhere because he wanted to throw the ball, and they didn't – you know, back then you had to have a running game. It was all about running right. the football. And then there was a team that came around in the early 90s with a – you know, they, they drafted this player, his name, I think you know who he is, uh, Emmett Smith. You know, and they, yeah, and they, and they dominated the whole, the whole '90s pretty much with Troy Aikman. So it like all these mm-hmm. talks about, like you're saying about wonderful quarterbacks, but you never hear Troy Aikman's name in there. You know, Troy Aikman had to keep the field balanced so Emmitt Smith can run the football. You know, so he was throwing right. to some, you know, to some great guys on the on the end. You know, uh, Michael Irvin. Hall of Famer Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin. You know, we're talking about Hall of Famers that we're already anointing Aaron Rodgers beyond. And let's be honest, he only has (laughs) one Super Bowl. Now, I'm willing to to say, Leroy, I'm willing to go there. If he was to beat Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, you know, coming from a wild card, you got to get a man his props at that point. You got to say, okay, he's a good quarterback. But is he better than all the other guys? I, I'm i just saying, Leroy, if I had to do a fantasy draft of players in the in the history of the NFL, as a quarterback, I'm picking Peyton Manning. Now, that's my pick, you know. But, hey, that's what I grew up really watching was Peyton Manning as a quarterback, so. But see, it, it, it's, it's like you state. If you are a connoisseur of the game and you have watched the quarterback's evolution, uh, I, I go all the way back to uh, Eddie LeBurn, <laughs> uh, Johnny Unitas, yeah. uh, Stan Tarkenton, 
uh, the boy Jack Kemp, uh, Tom Flores, uh, Y.A. Tittle, Roman Gable, O'Head, Ron Jaworski. Mm-hmm. But when you start getting into the 90s, 2000, and you start telling yourself over the last 17 years, when Drew Brees came out of Purdue University, no one thought that Drew Brees would set the records he set. But when you look at Doug Williams, you look at Air McNair, I mean, you start looking at the quarterbacks that the NFL has been privileged to have under the center. There has been a slew who all have records. Like you stated earlier, Dan Marino. We start, we, we had already put greatness on Cam Newton two years ago. <laughs> you and know. Cam was the, the standard. Doug Wim, when he was with the Redskins. I mean, you, you, the quarterbacks just, they, they are out there because they are the central figure. Aaron Rodgers fit in, but as I stated, five years ago, everybody was still talking about should Brett Favre retire and not take the $20 million that they were giving him to just quit. <laughs> but the bottom line, Aaron Rodgers waited in the wings, got his turn, and Aaron Rodgers, don't get me wrong, he is a good quarterback. But I'm hard-pressed, I'm and maybe the world out here won't appreciate it, but based on the fact that had he never been kicked out of the game for the time that he was kicked out of the game, Michael Vick was not a piece of ch- uh, uh, chatter cheese. Michael yeah. Vick was outstanding, and but because of the circumstances that intervened on his on his behalf with that incident, he lost really two years of continuing to, to lay his claim to being one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen. Because he could not only could he throw the ball, but he could run the ball, right. and he showed some that Aaron Rodgers has now kind of evolved into, because Aaron Rodgers will surprise you when he says, wait a minute, it's third and eight. He's not going to go sliding. Aaron Rodgers says, I'm going to put the first down. Right. Where a lot of quarterbacks will slide feet first to protect themselves from a late hit or a hit. I give him credit for being a man. But the bottom line is, Aaron Rodgers will find his way into my top 25, but he will not be in my top three. Yeah. To make a mention, I don't think you heard me. I said Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler's one of those quarterbacks that was slappy. Oh, Jay Cutler with the Chicago, with the Chicago, Chicago Bears. Yeah, he was, I mean, he definitely was slappy first. He didn't try to get the first down. <laughs> He's more worried <laughs> but, about you know, you can, but, but, but when you watch Matthew Stafford, you watch some of these quarterbacks today, these guys are saying, wait a minute, I'm going to take advantage of, of what, what the league gives us. If I don't have to take an unnecessary hit, I'm not going to take one. That's now, right. I'm going to get back to your board right quick because I know uh, America is probably saying, you know, you over talked this time, but I said that the other night and watch Tom Brady plead for justice and got it. I watched the play where Osweiler goes back to pass and two pitchers almost tore his head off. The, the referee looked at him like, oh, man, get up off the ground. That happened. Clowney got to uh, uh, Brady on the play and just tackled him after the play was dead. He cried a blue streak. Did you see what happened? He hit me late. <laughs> Eventually, it worked because the very next time Clowney even sniffed at him, Right, he got the flag, and so I look at Tom Brady. Tom Brady know how to work the officials. Yep, and I don't know if this is something that New England is good at, but quite naturally, a lot of this junk that we've seen over the last five years or six years of football has always come out of New England. So quite naturally, <laughs> Tom Brady feels the heat from James Harrison this week. Oh yeah, in that game, 
He's going to turn around to the white hat and say, look here, I can't have him hit me because I'm the marquee player. That's right. Now, this is the same thing Kelsey is crying today about James Harrison when the boy almost horse collared Harrison. And now the official is not supposed to make this call? Come on now, give me a break. It was so obvious, and I don't know what film Kelsey watches at the end of the game or whatever, but the bottom line is, number 72, uh, he, he got beat from the, from off the line of scrimmage, and I think quite naturally uh, Alex Smith was in trouble, and he said, well, I'm not going to let my quarterback to hit, so he did what he thought he had to do. He tackled him in. But this is how it gets down toward the end of the year. Everybody wants to get to the Super Bowl. So every call that the referees make right now are going to be very, very crucial. And I don't know what crew is going to call the Super Bowl game, but I hope they got I hope they got hard skin because let me tell you, these players are going to be saying if somebody looks at them hard, if they touch them on a deep route, if they look like they came across the body with the right arm tucked around the left side, they're yeah. going to call penalties. That are, when you said they say that's not a penalty. What are they calling? They'll be calling more holdings and and more uh, cut blocks. And this game, I'm hoping it's a good game, but bottom line is the officials have to be on their best. Because when you get to the final four and then you make it to the final two, you want to say clean game, good game, no questions, and take the referees and their decision-making out of the process and let the players win the football game. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, in the game with the uh, the Green Bay uh, Cowboys game, it's like the refs was refusing to call the holding penalty on the receivers. I mean, on the receivers and, and the DBs. And I was like, if the guy comes back to the huddle with his jersey halfway off his arm, that ain't happened by accident, you know. And it's just it's just funny how, you know, the ref, he's just walking down the thing. It's like he clearly was getting held, you know, with, you know, the Green Bay receiver. And but luckily everything, you know, worked itself out. And that's one thing that I, I do expect to happen with the Patriots because let's be honest, the NFL right now is sitting real good with marquee matchups and a, and a, and a Super Bowl possibility between Matt Ryan, you know, and Rodgers, and then Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady. They're sitting back with their feet mm-hmm. up on a coffee table, saying, "Oh man, life is good." You know, even you know, and, and everybody <laughs> gets to the benefit in this thing. You know, so. So you might actually see the refs play a little bit on the even side and not get involved in the game, but I do agree with you. James Harrison, who is a very vocal person against uh, Roger Goodell, and you could just probably could tell as soon as he gets anywhere close to Tom Brady, the flag, the, 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 the yellow flags get thrown. <laughs> even if well, it, well, you know, you, you... – even if he's not near him, here's the, here's the thing that is so scary about football. Once you get a reputation, be it earned properly or improperly, uh, when you look at the Green Bay Packers, they always, or outside of Chicago Bears, they were the, the brutes of the, the black and blue division, which is always Chicago, Green Bay, and Detroit. That used to be the old day football. Pittsburgh always had the steel curtain. I mean, you go all the way back to Mean Joe Green, uh, uh, Jack Ham, Lambert, Mel Blunt, and the old heads. They came to play. That's why they called them the steel curtain. Right. You had the purple people eaters out in Minnesota. 
But now you look at Pittsburgh. Who's the biggest quarterback now? Nobody ever thinks Tom Brady is not big. Tom Brady is 6'4". He's a big man. But Tom Brady never gets the treatment that you see Cam Newton get during the course of the year. And if Ben Roethlisberger at 6'5", 6'6", they would look at him as being a bigger man, so therefore, oh, he's more susceptible to get it than Tom Brady because Tom Brady cries better than Matt Ryan. (laughs) He cries definitely better than Aaron Rodgers. He cries better than Ben Roethlisberger. So this game against Pittsburgh and New England, mark my word, Tom Brady is going to get at least four favorable calls during the course of that 60-minute football game. I, I feel it. I know it. Because Armadillo and, and the other little wide receiver, they have to yeah, be in a little time to get open, although they get open. Tom Brady is going to cry. And the first thing he'll probably do, is go, if you notice when the game starts, he'll probably go over to the officials and say, hey, have a good game today, ref. Yep. <laughs> he plans to see yeah. And then he'll get that friendly call and Ben will be sitting there like, damn, well, how come I'm getting hit and Tom is getting all the flags and I, I haven't gotten one yet. And, and yet, like you say, James Harrison, Shazar, <laughs> and those linebackers from Pittsburgh are saying, look here, guys, it's one team standing between us and another Super Bowl opportunity. We have six. We'd like to add seven to it. To make sure that the Rooney family is always well represented in the Pittsburgh area. This is our time. So the bottom line is that that's going to be the marquee game. I think Atlanta and Green Bay is going to be a good game, but I'm going to be favoring Atlanta because I just think Matt, Matt, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and them guys, they, they are working on all, all cylinders right now down in, in uh, Atlanta. Not to take anything away from Green Bay, they had a great comeback against the Cowboys, but I just think Atlanta just look like they, they're ready, they're primed to say, this is our year. Yeah, I agree. And now, now I'm going to ask you a question or make a statement, and then I want you to comment on it. Okay. I don't, okay. I don't think that the um, Pittsburgh Steelers played that well at all against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, what I don't know is why. I don't know why they didn't play that well. Why didn't they put, you know, touchdowns on the board versus field goals on the board? Now, I, I do know this much, Leroy, is I know that um, Le'Veon Bell played well. You know, I think he had o- over almost 180 yards rushing. So that wasn't right. a problem. So somewhere along the lines, we're going to have an issue. Now, one thing that I will say is that it was cold and it will be cold again mm-hmm. in Gillette Stadium. Right. So did the weather mm-hmm. play a part in the lackluster performance that the Pittsburgh Steelers put up? I would say yes, and, and then I would kind of taint it with the word no. Pittsburgh is not exactly a Miami, Florida, or, or right. Los Angeles, or San Diego, or Dallas. When you play in Pittsburgh, you are familiar with cold. So going to, to, to Kansas City, unless it was sub-freezing, but you could sub-freezing in Kansas City and Pittsburgh at the same time. Uh, any, anything in that Midwest quarter coming through St. Louis, Kansas City, Detroit, Chicago, Indianapolis, all the Indianapolis play in a dome. Uh, but when you get in those outdoor stadiums, 
I think players sort of kind of, they know Le'Veon Bell is going to do his thing with his running style now that has everybody kind of befuddled, but it gives those offensive linemen a chance to get to the second level because of his patience. Normally when you get to the second level, you're running up the back of your guard or you're running up the back of the pulling tackle or whatever. Mm-hmm. He just said that said, patient. Let these guys do their job, and then I'll wait and see if there's a little window, and then I'll make that quick step, and I'll pick up five yards falling forward. Right. Weather at this time of the year is not going to be the difference maker until they get to Houston for the Super Bowl. Because it's probably going to be warmer. And then now you'll say, well, all the teams that are playing outside of Green Bay and, uh, and Atlanta playing in the Dome, you're going to say, whichever team coming out of the AFC, Pittsburgh or New England, is going to be outside for the whole playoff until they get to Houston. I just think Pittsburgh plays, they play down to Kansas City level because Kansas City acts like though they didn't want to win the game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking at the running attack. I, I found no running attack. Uh, the wide receivers, they really weren't running in it. Chris Rouse and, and Alex Smith were doing the best he could to get them back in the game, which he did. But uh, the whole thing with Kansas City, they were waiting for Tarek Hill to win the football game. They were waiting on him to run a reverse, take a kickoff back to distance, take a punt back off, a punt back to distance. And I think Kansas City said, if he can't win it for us, we're not going to win it. Yeah, and and Pittsburgh is now saying if Le'Veon Bell has a bad game, we all know we go to Antonio uh, Brown because he can still keep defenses honest with his speed. Right. But the bottom line is this week, this coming Sunday, Pittsburgh is going to go in and say, "Guys, look, we have played New England before. We know who Tom Brady is. We knew who their wide receivers are." We know Blunt is, is their primary running back, but they'll stick another young man, Deion Lewis, in if they have to. But the bottom line is they say, look, we got a stout defense. We hit and we hit and we hit and we're relentless. They're going to throw everything but the kitchen sink at Tom Brady. If Tom Brady is not strong this week and they get to him repeatedly, but Tom Brady does not like to get fat. He hates it. Yeah. Pittsburgh is going to be bringing blitzes up the A-gap, off the edge. <laughs> they're going to run stunts and twists, and they're going to try to confuse that uh, offensive line. But the bottom line is <laughs> keep someone in Tom Brady's face for the whole game. Pittsburgh will walk out there a winner. But if they let Tom Brady sit back <laughs> and throw the ball to the wide receivers, the slot receivers, it's going to be a long day for Pittsburgh because as I stated, none of the defensive backs want to tackle nobody. <laughs> they, 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 they give a good glimpse of trying to make a tackle, but they don't want to tackle. I mean, you take Cam Chancellor out of the secondary, and you look at the rest of the guys in the second and say, who is the guy in the secondary that you say is a hitter? Yeah. Can't find him. No. So I'm, I'm still saying that I think the weather played a role, but these two teams have played outside before. They play in cold environments in Pittsburgh. They play cold environments in New England. It may be five degrees colder in New England than it is in Pittsburgh. But the bottom line is they're going to roll up their sleeves, come out there with no hoodies, <laughs> no long sleeve shirts. They're going to be showing off muscles, flexing, and they're going to say, let's get after each other for 
the entirety of this game and the team that wins it. We're going to shake hands afterwards, hoping nobody gets injured, and good luck in the Super Bowl. And I, right now I'm taking Pittsburgh, as I stated, over New England. But the fact that James Harris is saying, I'm 38 years old, man, just as old as Tom Brady. Tom Brady is 38, but nobody ever mentioned that because he's a quarterback. Right. As a defensive end, linebacker, stand-up, rushing He's coming against a big, big tackle who weighs 325 pounds. He is using brute strength to try to outmaneuver this guy, bull rush this guy, to chase down a quarterback who could be the MVP again this year. But he's saying, 38, I may not have another year left in, in this tank. i got to let it all out this, this week, baby. So I'm looking at James Harris and the, and the Pittsburgh Steelers defense to get the job done. Well, people, you heard it here first. You heard the picks. Now, my picks are Green Bay over the Falcons and the Patriots over the Steelers. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember this one thing. When legends speak, people listen. People listen. Till next time.